Welcome and thank you for joining us. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayelech. Now before we begin talking about the actual Parsha, I was in shul last week and somebody asked a very good question. And the question was bothering me the whole week until I actually found an answer. What was the question? He says, why is it that we read this past week, Parsha's Nitzavim, and this coming week, which is this Shabbat, tomorrow, Shabbos, why do we read Let's read them together. They're so short. Why do we read them separately? It's interesting though, because it's even a better question that there's asked. Tosfos in Baba Basra, asked the following question. He says, Why do we separate Nitzavim Bayelech? We should instead separate Pashas Matot Maseh. Right? A few weeks ago, not a few weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago, we read Pashas Matot Maseh. And we did not separate them. They're both big parshos. We could separate them. Why do we keep them together? Instead, let us put Nitzav and Vayelech together. Right? This week's, that means this week's parsha, Ever Hashanah, would be Nitzav and Vayelech. And Masha's Masha would be separated. And Shalom Ali Yisrael, everything would be fine. Tosis' question. With Tosis' answers, at first, when I first read it, I didn't understand it. I kept reading it. I, I, I looked up different Mepharshim. And I think I have... I think I know what Tosa is saying. Tosa says as follows. Tosa answers. That if we would have put Matos Masse separately, and this week's Parsha would actually, this coming week, right after Rosh Hashanah, would be Nitzav and Vayelech, then what would be the Parsha that we read on Shabbat right before Rosh Hashanah? Be Parsha's Kitavo. And in Parsha's Kitavo, if you remember, is the Tochacha, is the rebuke. The curses, the rebuke that Hashem gives on Klal Yisrael and the Jews if they don't follow the Torah. It says Tosas, we don't want to put Parshas Kitavo right next to the Klalos, not just the Klalos, the, the amazing rebuke that Hashem gives right next to Rosh Hashanah. He then goes on to say, it's the same thing, and the Marsha helps explain this, the same thing in regards to Parshas Bechukosai, being right before Atzeres. Tzeret, which is Shavuot, the, the Yantuf, the holiday of Shavuot. Shavuot, we, we separate, we don't put the Kalos right before Shavuot. When we got the Torah, Matan Torah. Now, I had a question on this. I don't think they're comparable at all. Now, well, I can understand, why do you don't want to put Curses and, and uh, you know, rebuke right before a holiday like Shavuot. Because Shavuot's all about the Torah and Hashem loving us and giving us the Torah and, and learning the Torah and becoming closer to Hashem. That's what the holiday's about. So then it's okay. Then it makes sense. Why well, don't want to put right next to it? Well, the part, the Shabbat before, I don't want to have to read in, you know, in, in shul, in public, these terrible curses. But what about Now? What's now? What's Rosh Hashanah? Well, isn't Rosh Hashanah the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment, when Akash Baruch Hu looks down at the world and judges us for the sins that we've done? Right? We say, we say in the, at least Ashkenazim, we say in our, our Tefilot of Rosh Hashanah, Unisana Tokef, how scary this day is. It's being judged. If you're going to live, if you're going to die. So then, it's very different than the Chag Hashvot. Then it's not such a big deal. It's a scary time. So what's the problem with 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 leaning, 
with reading the parsha of Klalot right beforehand. If I would say the opposite. We want to wake people up. Let's read the parsha of Klalot right before Shoshana. Perfect. That's the question I had. Just to review, if we have Tosos, Tosa says that we don't put parshas of cursing right before Kitavo, right before um, Rosh Hashanah, because we don't want to put curses or we want to put rebuke right before the holy day of Rosh Hashanah. It says, and also, the same thing, by Shvot, we don't put parshas Bichukotai, which also talks about rebuke and curses, right before Shvot, the holiday of Shvot. Now, I asked, the question I have is, what, what do you mean? By Shavuot, it makes sense that we want to separate rebuke because it's a, it's a happy holiday. It's a holiday of Simcha, of our connection with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin. is a day of judgment. As my Rebbe used to say, Pufakar, just the opposite. We want to put this Klalot there. We want to have a wake-up for us. Then when we go into Rosh Hashanah, we know, oh, we have to change our ways. We have to do tshuva. It's a good question. I, I think it's a decent question. And I think the answer, I think first we have to ask another question. Classic, you know, Jew answering a question with another question. If you look in tefillah, over slichot that we say, if you look at the tefillah during Yom Kippur, no matter what nusach you do, there's Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachel, we, we mention the 13 midos of Rachman, of mercy. 30 traits of mercy that Hashem has. He's Hashem, He's merciful even before we do the act of the sin. He gets Himself ready to, be, to, to have mercy on us. He's Hashem, again, we say repeat Hashem because He's merciful after we do the sin. He's Rachum, He's Kel, the name that He uses when He judges us, the, the, the way He looks at us is through the eyes of Kel, which is the, the way He forgives us with Rachum. Rachum, even after we deserve punishment and He needs to give us punishment, He still is merciful on us goes on in 13 different mitos that Hashem has. Why is that repeated all, of, all over again, right before Rosh Hashanah? And the answer is obvious. Because on Rosh Hashanah, when we're being judged with din, we need rachum, we need mercy, and we're begging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem rachum v'chanun, be merciful on us. We want, we're Remember the 13 traits. Look at us through the glasses of the 13 midos harachamim. And don't look at us with din. Obviously we deserve to be punished. But Hashem, please. You know, we want HaKadosh Baruch to look at us through the, through the right lens. Through the, the lens of mercy. And that's why we focus so much on Hashem, Hashem, Karachu, Vichanun, Erech, Apayim, Yom Kippur, again, many, many times, over and over again, we repeat and we repeat and we repeat. Hashem, Hashem, Karachu, Vichanun, Erech, Apayim, Vichesed, 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 Lalofim, Vichesed, 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 please. Look at us with these 13 traits of Midos. And I think this answers our question. Because even though, yes, it's the Yom Adin, and we want to wake people up with, you're saying the, the curses, but we don't want to associate the rebuke with Rosh Hashanah. We want Hashem not to rebuke us. Yes, it might wake somebody up, but we don't want it to be associated. We want Rosh Hashanah. And obviously, sub- subsequently, Yom Kippur, for us to be looked at, Kel not in a case of rebuke. We want us to look at Betov. And I think that's Peshat and Tosos. This is similar to what we find in Parshat 
the halotcha. We see that in Parshas Belochcha, Perik Yud, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, Lamed Hey, there's, if you look at this, the Chumash, there's two upside down nuns between Pasuk Lamed Hey and Lamed Vav. It says, uh, Nun backwards. Nun Kuma When we open the Torah, we say this. Why do these two pesukim have backwards, upside down nuns, separating them from the rest of the parsha? Rashi explains because it's not the place; it doesn't belong here. So why did the Torah put it here? The Torah put it here to separate because right before these pesukim, it talked about the Jews leaving Har Sinai. And the Jews left pretty fast. And therefore, that was an Avera. That was a sin. They ran away. What's the next Pasuk? Pasuk Aleph. In Perikud Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Well, the answer is, that, what's the sin? They complained by not having meat. So the Torah separated the two sins. The sins should not be together. It's an amazing idea. The Torah goes out of its way not to have the sins together. Right? We're not going to put two Averot and there's another third Averot that happens afterwards. We're not going to put three Averos together. Three sins. But why? It's a little interesting. Is it such a big deal? <laughs> the Torah is recording what happened. That's what happened. Kachava. There's nothing to, nothing to uh, you know, nothing to sugarcoat. Telling us what happened. I think we can learn a tremendous, you know, a tremendous lesson from this Rashi. Think about this: a father is talking to the mother, and you know they have a, they're talking about their children. And the father's relating something that the child did bad, and he needs to tell the mother because they need to work together to figure out a solution to make the child to help the child be better. It's okay, you know, Yanko, he uh, the teacher called me, he got in the middle of class and left without, without asking. And then his next teacher called me, he says, and then he, you know, you know, threw papers on the floor during class. And then he says, the next teacher called again, the next period, that he threw paper airplanes at his friend's nose. <laughs> Whatever happened. The father's talking to the mother, there's a good chance when you're repeating things bad about your own children, you're going to sugarcoat it. You're not going to say that many bad things over and over again because he's your child. Because you love him. You don't want to look at him that way. Torah is writing the Torah. We don't want to put so many bad things back to back. So they did it. So it happened. But we're, not, we're, going to, we're going to separate it. We're not going to put them back to back. There shouldn't be a chazak on the Jews doing bad things. Hashem, Hashem, kalrachu v'chanun, like we said before. He's merciful. He's not there to get us, like we spoke about last week. He's there to be merciful. You know, I think Yom Kippur is a scary thing. You know, Rosh Hashanah was, was uh, right before Rosh Hashanah, here in South Jersey, we had a blackout. Um, all our houses, my house lost power. A couple of trees fell on a transformer and went on fire. So it caused everyone to miss power. And we were supposed to leave to Brooklyn, where I was a chazan in a shul. We were supposed to leave... Um, you know, in the afternoon, and when we left, there was still no power. It was just, you know, <laughs> got up for Shoshana, I davened, it was so, I was so tired, I stayed up all night with my, uh, you know, my basement has a pump to get the water out, I stayed up all night emptying it, and, you know, I was just, 
it's just tired. <laughs> and you know, Baruch Hashem, I had some strength, I got through the tefillah, I got through Musav, and it was okay, successful tefillah. But it was, you know, as I was reading the son of Tokef, I was shaking. Me, Amus, who's going to die? Who's going to live? I was reading through all the tefillot. It could be daunting. Yom Kippur is coming. It's even more, the tefillah is more strict. Talking about the Averos, the Shamdu, Baganu, the Averos, the Vidoy. We do Vidoy. We do before we pass away. We do it on Yom Kippur. It's scary stuff. We clap our chest. We bang our chest. And the Averos that we did. And you could lose sight on what we spoke about last week. You could lose sight who you're talking to. We ask Hashem, Hashem, Kalrachu, Vichanu. Please be compassionate to us. And Hashem wants to be compassionate to us. We see proof right here. He doesn't want to repeat the sins over and over again. He wants to look at us in good. So, with that, let's continue in, in Parshas Nitzavim. Uh, Parshas Vayelech, excuse me. And if you look in Parshas Vayelech, see, before, I wanted us to ask one question. I had a question a while back. I was giving a shir and pick your vote, and I asked this question. The question was, is that we say in Tfilah, we say, Uchuva, Utsvila, Usadaka. I don't think Sfardim say this in the Tfilah. However, it's a concept. We know that there's three things you do before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. You do Tshuva, you return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Sadaka, you give Sadaka. And, you know, Tfilah, Tshuva, Tfilah, Sadaka, we dive and we pray. I always had a question. It seems kind of interesting. Why does it say Tshuva, which is Tfilah, which is praying, so we return and we pray, Utsadaka and giving charity. Uh, if I was writing it, maybe I write Tshuva, Utsfila, Ugumilat Chasadim, and good deeds. Good deeds to other people. Why does it say specifically Tshuva, which usually refers to the giving over of money? So, it's, I, I actually was looking around, and I found this week's Parsha, a potential answer. So what does it say in this week's, what does it say? It's a sefer called Chasan Yeshua, Yeshaya. We quoted it before as my father's great uncle. This week's parsha, Moshe says, Vayitzav Moshe asalavim, Nosea Aram bris Hashem, and Moshe commanded the carriers of the ark, who were the Levim, the ones who were carrying the Aron, and he gave them a Sefer Torah. He gave the Sefer Torah and put it inside the Aron. Says the Chassin Yishaya, he compares the Torah in this case. There's a remez, a hint in the Torah, the remez. What is the Torah? The Aron B'Rish Hashem is fueled by the Torah that's inside of it. So to Talmud Chacham and people who learn Torah are fueled by the Torah that they learn. And who is compared to the ones who are carrying the Ark, who, the Levim? Someone who supports Torah with money. Someone who goes to the Tzal Hizkot Chazal that says that the people who support the Kodesh Baruch Hu make a canopy, you know, uh, equating the people who support Torah for the people who actually learn the Torah. And they'll be, they'll be under the same canopy, under, getting this, the same zechut in, in regards to that. So, we learn it from this week's parsha from, from Vayelach. It says that since the Torah is, is like Tami, the, the Aaron is like Chamechamim, and who's carrying the Ark, the Levim, they're compared to the ones who strengthen Torah by giving tzedakah. To the time it's coming. It's very interesting. <laughs> very super. By supporting Torah, you're like. You, you, 
you become someone who learns Torah. Obviously not the same equating, it's, it's different, the one who does the mitzvah, but you get tzichut. Tzedakah. Especially when you give tzedakah to someone who learns Torah and you're trying to support them. That can go a very long way. With tshuva, with tefillah, with tzedakah, with tshuva, we're returning, with tefillah, we're praying to Hashem, and, but we're also, we're ark carriers, we're carrying the aron. By supporting people, obviously tzedakah is also supporting the poor people. It's the idea that maybe this is what we're referring to in this parsha. When I went off with one more question, see in this parsha, the beginning of this week's parsha, let's jump back to the beginning of this week's parsha, it says, Vayelech, Vayelech Moshe, and Moshe went, where did he go, Targum, you know what I'm saying, Moshe went, he went to the base matters. So, why didn't Moshe, what, Moshe went to the base matters? Why didn't he call the people, come to him? So, I saw an interesting shot, by the Birchas Ish, Sefer, my brother-in-law, gave me as a birthday present, from his rabbi, from Staten Island, Rabbi Shane. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm scared to quote exactly what he says because I don't want to misquote his safer. But he comes out at the end of the day that, that usually Moshe would blow the, blow the, blow, they would blow the chatzrosros, chatzrosros, the, the, the silver trumpets, and then the Jews would know to come. He explains, explains a reason that this time they couldn't blow it the day he was going to die, they couldn't blow it. Therefore, Moshe went around to all the tent. He went to the base matters. He went to the people. Moshe, in his anava, Moshe lowered himself to bring himself to the people. I think it's very appropriate for this parsha to be read right before Yom Kippur. You know, we talked about Teshuvah before, but how are you really going to do Teshuvah? How are you really going to be able to do tshuva and do sedaka, give tzedakah? You do tshuva, you give tzedakah, you have to, in essence, lower yourself. You have to say, this world is more than me. If I support, we said before, if you support Tami the Chamim, it's you know, as if you equate yourself with them, you're, I'm not doing him a favor. He's doing me a favor. <laughs> He's allowing me to sit under the tent of Torah. And when I lower myself to do tshuva, I'm taking a lesson out of Moshe's book. Moshe didn't say, hey, it's beneath me as a leader to go to the people. No, Moshe went to the people. He went to the base minister. He went to the people. And he's within his right to say that it's not becovered for a leader to do that. But no, Moshe lowered himself. Because he's in Anava. He's in his, in his tremendous humbleness. Us too. If you want to do appropriate tshuva, we need to learn from Moshe. And we need to learn that we need to lower, the only way to do tshuva, the only way to really return to Hashem is to stop thinking how great we are. Now you are great. HaKadosh Baruch will put you in this world for a reason and you have a job that no one else can do besides you. Yes, again, I say this to my students and I repeat it many times. You have a job that no one else could do otherwise HaKadosh Baruch will not have made you. He put you in this world for a purpose. Everyone listening to this, to this or hearing this, yes, you, you have a job that no one else could do. However, it actually brings in mind in Aina the in Pirkei it says Lili. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? But then it reminds us: Yes, you have a job. You're special. But I'm for myself. Who am I really? Don't, don't 
there's a balance. Don't get too full of yourself. In order to do tshuva, we have to have that balance. We have to believe in our purpose of this world. We have to believe that we're here. We're here to fulfill a mission. But at the same and no one else could do what we could do. Because Hashem put us here for, for a reason. You know, it says, the famous question is asked, why was the world created with just one man? And Hashem had in his ability, I think we spoke about this before in a different share, that Hashem had the ability to create more than one man. Why one man? Purposely created Adam. Just Adam. Why? Did he create just one tree? Or it was full of trees, I think. It was full of trees. Many fish. Many animals. Why just one man? And Svarim talk about the idea because the world is created for only one person. The amount of amazing things that you could do in this world, the mitzvot, and the amazing good deeds, and the Torah that you could learn in this world is, is worth it, the whole world to be created. And if that's true, then yeah, Hashem created me. Me. Not just the whole world and I'm one person. You, you're special. But there has to be a balance. And when I believe strongly in myself, what am I? I I'm nothing. You know, Hashem, you have to lower yourself. It's the only way to do tshuva. It's the only way. Like, just like Moshe Rabbeinu. When he could have stayed in his tent and he didn't have to go to the people. He was well on his rights. But he went to the people. He went to his people. He went to the base measures, like the Targum Yonas in Israel says. It's beautiful. If we could do the same thing. You know, giving tzedakah is never easy. It's my money. I worked very hard for it. Is it? Kaddish Baruch Hu gave it to you. We have to change our mindset. To take ourselves away from the me and change it into, turn the M around and change it into we. We as a people, we as Amiso, we spoke about last week about Arevos, everyone is, we're accountable for each other. And if we give tzedakah and lower ourselves to do tshuva and lower ourselves to do tefillah, the bad decree will be taken away. It will be signed for good in the next He's guy signed for good this year. Right? Chosem, speaking Yom Kippur, we seal it. By Ni'ilah, we say, <laughs> we should be sealed with life of Chaim Tovim. By Sefer, we should be written for good in, in the Sefer. With that, I wish you a wonderful Shabbat, and you should have a meaningful, easy fast, and a meaningful Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur I, I often laugh when people people, you know, I just said it, you know, we wish each other an easy fast. Yeah, it should be easy, it shouldn't, but why, why should it be easy? The point of fasting is that we could take away the physicality, we could take away our physical, and focus on our spiritual. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> we're hungry, but we're not focusing on our physical, we're focusing on our spiritual. And it should be a meaningful fast. So not easy, meaningful fast. And we think should have a meaningful fast, if it's Shabbat, and we'll pick up again next week with God's help. Thank you so much for listening. Shabbat Shalom.